Hey, Kula. Hey, Kendra. We are back for episode two. Episode two, season three. Three. There we go. We got it right. We got it right. Um, So we're happy to be back this season again. Um, Like we talked about last week, we have some phenomenal people coming through to the podcast. Yeah. So we have a great guest today. Normally, we just dive right in, right? But I just got excited. We we did get excited. We did. We get excited. Usually, we say, "Oh, how was your day?" How was? But I was really, you know. But we excited. So we we gonna skip all the the formalities uh, and dive right in to the conversation today. We are extremely excited. Yes. Very excited. Overly excited. Overly excited. I don't have any other adjectives <laughs> yeah. at, at this point, but I'm um, super excited to invite chairwoman, yes. legislator, April Baskin uh, to the podcast to, to chat with us today. Uh, and we've been having some really great conversations. We've developed a real friendship yes. with um, April, and we're just excited to bring her on to have some real conversations about the DNI space from a generation lens. Yes. You know? Yes. And how does that look in your position, especially in Erie County? Um, some of the things that you were able to do and accomplish because mm-hmm. you are a very accomplished yes. woman, mm-hmm. um, black woman. So mm-hmm. we're excited to hear about that as well. Um, and then some of the initiatives that you have going on as well in the legislature. So, so we're going to start. We actually um, pulled up an article because you've been doing a lot mm-hmm. in the equity space, right? And so as we talk on our podcast, often around diversity, equity, and inclusion, um, we highlight equity because it really helps us correct some of the wrongs from the past, um, but it also acknowledge some of the things that needs to change for the future yes. as well. And so you've been really instrumental in creating a vision, and you're calling it the pathway forward yes. mm-hmm. um, in terms of your initiatives to really put us in a place where we need to be in Erie County. Yes. You know, so I don't know, you want to read a little, yes, read yes. a little bit so for the people. Earlier this year, um, so you announced obviously a full package of legislation dubbed the pathway forward. And you said that it's important for the public to be aware of your plans and the five new laws. So we'll kind of talk about that aimed primarily at what you said will be assisting underserved and underrepresented groups in Erie County. So the five laws include the Erie County percent for public art act, New Office of Health Equity, which I'm really excited hey, to hear about. Hey. <laughs> uh, India's Law of Erie County, Modernization of the Laws Regarding Women and Minority-Owned Businesses, um, and the Erie County Language Access Act. Mm-hmm. So just tell us a little bit more about that. How did that come to be? Uh, why did you think that was important to have the pathway forward for our community? Yeah, thank you guys for having me, and thank you for the work in the space of diversity, equity, and inclusion that you guys contribute Um, to the residents of Buffalo and Erie County, to local corporations, the education system, and to me as a district leader. You have both been instrumental in helping me fill this space uh, with legislation and policy reform in Erie County. Um, I feel like the term DEI uh, was definitely on the rise pre-COVID. It was a sexy word that everybody Mm -hmm. was into, everybody wanted to use, everybody wanted to be down with. Um, And so I just added it to my vernacular um, as as that that was the trend. Mm -hmm. And then COVID hit and there were realities that we could never unknow about the amount of inequity that marginalized communities face uh, against uh, communities that do not have racial uh, barriers or economic barriers. Mm -hmm. And... um, 
I began to immediately, of course, advocate for the residents in my community who I saw, uh, like I'm a, a district legislator that represents the east side and the west side of Buffalo. So the 14215 zip code fell within my district. Early on in COVID, 14215 was one of the zip codes that were uh, uh, receiving the highest uh, COVID mm-hmm. uh, cases. And that was because of two things. One, a lot of uh, low-wage healthcare workers and frontline responders uh, lived in the 14215 uh, zip code, and they were responding to COVID. They were the people that could not afford to stay home. Mm-hmm. They were the people who uh, cleaned the hospitals, who cleaned um, the bathrooms at train stations, who drive the uh, NFTA uh, buses mm-hmm. and trains. And then on top of that, there was another sector of 14215 of um, uh, uh, people of color um, because of um, inequity surrounding health um, just had underlining health conditions that made them more vulnerable to not just getting COVID, but uh, passing away from it. So I immediately said, these people need help. I need a testing site in my district. I need this, Mm -hmm. I need that. And everybody Mm -hmm. was, whoa, 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 April. Well, if we do it there, then we have to do it here too. And then if you you get this, then these Mm -hmm. people have to get this too. And that's when DEI really Mm -hmm. started to Mm -hmm. resonate Mm -hmm. with me. I was Mm -hmm. like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The equity piece was like, man, like this is... You guys have this, you know, and it, the, the debate over what is fair, over mm. what is needed, mm. uh, went on and on in the legislature all throughout 2020. And it got ugly because all 11 legislators were desperately fighting for their residents. Um, and so I became a lot more educated on the needs. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know what? I could sit here and I could fight this battle every single week on the floor with my colleagues in the legislature, or I could put some action to it. So when we started to what we thought was come out of COVID, uh, just which really was just adjusting to the lifestyle of uh, accepting that COVID-19 was in our community, yeah. I said, I got to deliver a package of laws that really uh, even the playing field in a way where the people who need the most get the most first. And I want to do that through legislation mm-hmm. and I want to do that through policy change. And um, it was very unconventional because county legislators historically uh, take the position of uh, uh, amending the the county budget and just having fiscal oversight of uh, the county's uh, finances and, and, and departments. But and every once in a while, they may once or twice a year introduce a, a local law, maybe okay. on a good year. Okay. But uh, doing something like a package of multiple local laws, mm-hmm. that's like stuff that they do in Congress. Like, that's crazy. Right, but right. I was like, listen, after what I saw, man, we th- this is needed. And mm-hmm. so that's how we got to the pathway for it. And I think, yes. I mean, that that's... It just shows, you know, the innovation that you have and and the approach that you took to put these laws together. Um, And one of the things that I really admire you for is the way that you brought the community with you. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you didn't just introduce these laws and say, hey, these are laws that I think we should put forward. You went and you got local experts Mm -hmm. to come with you um, Mm -hmm. on the journey. And that's something that I think 
more people should should do um, and and look to do. But it was it was huge, right? So I, one of the laws that um, we we talked a little bit about was the office, the new office of of health equity, and I had the pleasure of you know sitting with you. In, in the legislator to talk about what that impact could look like for larger communities and specifically communities of color yeah. um, through that lens of COVID, right? We, we all saw that in healthcare and we all saw that need, but just the fact that you were able to get all these local folks together to yeah. say, Hey, this is something that we need to be pushing forward right. was huge. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I think you're, you're continuing to push uh, the pathway forward <laughs> uh, in terms of your bills, but, it, it's also the innovation that you have in terms of how you've been doing that that's been really admirable. Yeah, sure. community organizing, I think, is defined differently based on a person and their God-given talents. I think mm. we, I have learned that there, in, in working in the space of community organizing, there are those that have absolutely no problem uh, sitting um, at having a sit-in at an elected official's office and actually stopping mm -hmm. that elected official from being able to park their car in their parking lot. Or we see on a regular people who are faithful to holding signs and standing outside in the cold outside of the holding center surrounding the just right. injustice in our local county jail system. Um, and I, I've always accepted and understood that my role in community organizing was finding experts who had the like-minded goal of, of, mm. of those uh, that we often label as activists and mm -hmm. bringing them together to a, a, a political and or governmental space to be able to be advocates yeah. And, yeah. Uh, instead of activists and then finding a way to bridge that. So I'm huge. I, I've always campaigned on the slogan, Building Bridges. Yeah. I believe yeah. that that's why God has created a pathway for me to even be in government because it's not like I came up the traditional way mm -hmm. where I mm -hmm. was a political science major or worked for an elected official. It was just something that was, it was an opportunity that just kind of landed in my lap. But yes, I knew very early on that when I did the pathway forward, it was going to be a huge community initiative yeah. and that mm -hmm. my colleagues in the legislature or any colleagues in the other branch of government were not going to be able to push back on me because I had the people behind right, me right, right. who not only wanted it to be done, but they had the expertise and the knowledge in the field. And so out of the five local laws, four of them have these community boards affiliated mm, with mm -hmm, them. Mm -hmm. And that's a big thing, especially for elected officials that like to have the final say. We get right. elected by the people to make the decisions. Why invite so many people in the room to make decisions? Because that allows for transparency. Transparency right. and balance mm -hmm. right. for us. We need to be accountable to yeah. the people that elected us to be right. in office. Yeah. So everyone's reading these local laws and they're like, April, every law you write has this community advisory component <laughs> to it. And I'm like, yep, yeah. it sure does. Yeah. Because who's going to make sure that we don't just pass this bill and then kick our feet back and say, you know, we did right. a good thing. Who's right. going to make sure that? And the the uh, community advisory boards are the people who helped me. me uh, craft the language of the legislation. Mm -hmm. So they're mm -hmm. the experts in the community that are the right. boots on the ground people that deal with these topics yeah. daily. They will work in concert with the elected officials who decide the policy and who decide what funding goes where. And the, and that is building bridges. That is organizing the way April Baskin knows to be a community organizer. And I believe that is going to drive us on a pathway forward. Right. And, and like you said, you need the activists mm -hmm. in the advocates that is something that is mm -hmm. really mm -hmm. important to have because you need both at the table yes. someone I think who 
needs to be outside of the holding center holding those signs, right? Yeah. But someone who also can be at the seat at the table, have a seat at the table and negotiate and yep. have those conversations. And so that is truly what community building looks like. When we talk about even activists versus advocates, I think about even my parents or I think about mm. people from like civil rights movements, right? You had both, but you had a lot of those activists. Right, mm -hmm. right. right. And so I think now our generation is moving into those advocates. Mm -hmm. And so you're seeing that difference, but it's beautiful to see those those two come together. Yeah, a model that the labor movement often mm -hmm. uses is um, educate, agitate, organize. Yes. Hmm. And so you have to have uh, the... Uh, people in the space that are knowledgeable about the problem, they go out and they educate the community. This is what the issue is. This mm -hmm. is a huge problem. And then you need the agitators, the mm -hmm. activists. So you need people to then translate that education into, are you okay with that? Isn't right. that a disservice? Right. Are yeah. you happy about right. that? No, it hurts you. It harms your community. It harms your family. You, you know that we're much better than this and that we've elected people who could demand more, right? And now everybody's educated and now they're agitated. And then there's organizing. And I think that is where our generation comes in. Now you got to tell all those people, okay, we understand the topic. We know that we want something to be done about it. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to meet downtown at this location at five o'clock and everybody's yeah. going to be yeah. there and we're going to get it done. Right. And so <laughs> um, educate, agitate, organize. I tell myself that almost every day. Um, and I, I, I love, I love playing a different role and wearing those different hats at, at different junctures of trying to get something done for the community. But I'm very clear mm -hmm. on which hat I am wearing and my purpose mm -hmm. in that time. And I think sometimes people who struggle in the space or become a little too fluid and they have weak results is because they're not accepting what role they are to play yeah. on a topic. Uh, yeah. They don't want to yeah. accept their, they, they don't want to play their position. Right. You know, that I gets think, tough. I think that's interesting and it, and it makes me want to talk a little bit more about you know your your role and your I guess journey to get to this position because you know when we bring on guests we're often asking you you know how did you get here and what what message do you want to send um, to the next generation who might be listening um, but something that you said in terms of bringing all these folks together right so the activists the advocates um, when we when we look at I think it, not just politics but in general we talk a lot about generations and how there's a shift that's happening in, in organizations right now. So there's about five different generations in the workplace. Uh, you got the traditionalists, mm -hmm. uh, baby boomers, Generation X, uh, millennials. Gen Z. Who's the? Gen Z. Gen Z. Mm. Obviously, I'm not a part of the Gen, Gen Z, Gen Z <laughs> you know, uh, generation. But you got all these different generations that come together, and their approach to work looks different. Everybody has a different background, a different idea about what used to work for them. Um, you know, when I look at some of this new data, even in organizations that I work with, millennials are the largest yeah. population of people that are working right now. Right. Um, and not too long ago, there was a lot to say about millennials in terms of, oh, y'all all need a trophy or this, that, and the third. Um, but just looking at generations from that standpoint, you, you mentioned how there's this organized agitate, mm -hmm. um, you know, this whole mm -hmm. concept. What do you think about like this, this landscape right now, because I think there's a, there's a big divide that's happening in terms of how things, you know, should be done. Mm -hmm. There's, there's younger people that want this to be done quick and yesterday. Mm -hmm. um, there's people who are in it who are just like, hey, we got to work within the systems that we have now. Um, and folks who are just saying, hey, you know, we got to, you, you got a little bit now, you might have mm -hmm. to wait mm -hmm. a little right. bit more to get to this 
to this point. And so I say all that to say, you know, you were historic in your own, uh, not only your, 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 um, nomination, but also you being on the legislator mm-hmm. or being on the legislative, um, you know, component as a, as the youngest person, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so talk a little bit more about that and talk about just uh, these generational shifts. Have you seen that? Have you felt that? What does that look like, you know, in the space that you're coming from in terms of government? Um, I think that in the space of, I think some days being a unicorn, mm-hmm. um, it is, it is overt, uh, that I am different. Um, it is something that I have become, um, I just understand where I'm at. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so I've been able to translate a lot of frustration into empathy and compassion hmm. for, uh, being a product of a Rust Belt city that is extremely old school, extremely segregated. The the seat of the county, which is the city of Buffalo, is uh, poor. Mm. Um, and so with that comes a lot of traditionalism uh, because to get to a place like that, and I think in 2021, you would have to be uh, not just blame the leaders that have been in place, but also the community itself has had to uh, give into a sense of complacency Mm. to be able to allow it. Mm. Um, And I don't by any means ever pick on the residents or or criticize them in any kind of way. But I will just say that on a day to day basis, I know that there are a lot of people who resist creating a counterculture Mm. in Buffalo and Erie County. It is uh, it is just not the way we do things. Yeah. Every time yeah. I, you know, there's sometimes I bring up ideas um, in county government, but that's not how we do it, April. Yeah. It's just not the system. Okay. It doesn't it doesn't work like that. Mm-hmm. Um, in local politics, um, that's just not the way it goes. That's not how people come in. That's not how people get things done. And so I, being an artist, mm-hmm. being someone who is a product of Buffalo's arts community, who had the uh, opportunity to live 10 years in New York City Mm. and meet people from different walks of life and different places from all over the world come back home and for people to say that's not how we do things is so boxing to Mm me it's it's difficult um so yeah I I look at myself and I say I when I won my seat um in the legislature I was a first time uh, candidate. Mm-hmm. I had absolutely no political experience at all. I didn't have much of a voting record outside of voting for American presidents, which mm-hmm. was used against me in my campaign. I was running against four men. I was running against people who were attorneys who had political science mm-hmm. degrees who, you know, and I was a single mother on welfare, recently divorced and just uh, running a small nonprofit project, mm-hmm. uh, the college simulation experience, trying to make a difference in my community. And an opportunity came where they said, listen, the DEI thing was a thing. You know, we, yeah. we, we got this seat that's open. It was formerly, it belonged to a woman of color. And it would be great in Buffalo, you know, if a woman of color took it <laughs> over. Because it's just like, that's that's a woman of color right, seat. So right, in right. that sense, it worked out for me. But that's that speaks to how Buffalo is. It like, that's is a black woman so seat. Much. Yeah. So, you know, a yeah. black woman has to have that seat. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like you want the best representative for the community to have that seat. But we do encourage diversity. So, me being a black woman with not a lot of experience, experience ran I won 
Um, and then immediately when I got into the space again, there was a, um, a white male that was uh, going to be chairperson of the legislature. And then the new caucus was looking around and they said, listen, she's new. She doesn't know anything really about the job. She's never been an elected official, never worked for an elected official, never worked on a campaign, but she's really passionate about the community and she's young and she's black yeah. mm-hmm. and that diversity would look really good. And so the support was there to diversify the legislature and move me up immediately wow. to leadership. Wow. Within a year and a half's time, the chairperson became a city court judge. Mm-hmm. And okay. so uh, with me being majority leader, which is the position right under the chairperson mm-hmm. from day one mm-hmm. of just being elected, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This the way things work. And yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It's like the way we do things is the majority leader takes the position as chairperson if the chairperson ever has to leave. Wow. And so then it was like, boom, I was still in my first term. I wasn't even two years into being okay. a legislator. I remember that. Okay. Never, yeah, yeah. you know, still figuring out how to be a legislator, let alone a majority leader. And now you're the chair and you're not just a chair. You are the youngest person to ever be chair in history. You are the only person to be chair in their first term. You are the only person to be majority leader and chair in their first term. You're under the age of 40. You're black. You're a woman. You're not married. You don't know anything about this. Like, and it was just, it was so much. It it was so, so much. But I've, I've, I, I wish I could say that it's like always great. And I'm always well received. I'm not. Um, I do things differently because I'm a product of my generation mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I have accepted that uh, there are a lot of people who are not. And mm-hmm. so my job is to educate, agitate and organize. Yes. Oh, I love it. Every single day. I mean, you just gave us a word there, but right. first of all, congratulations <laughs> on everything. Absolutely. And, and, you know, you were saying you're a product of your generation and experiences as well. And I think it's really important to bring that to the forefront mm-hmm. um, in this position. And like you said, right. We've never done it this way. You hear that all the time. Like, yeah. I hate when people say, we've always done this way. No, let's agitate. Like you said, do something different. I mean, being in this position, putting the pathway forward bill or legislation forward, that, I mean, you we've never done that. Right. No, so legislators that, don't put together right, legislative right, packages. Right, the package, and it was right. all, why are you rushing this, April? Why are you doing so because much? it's imperative for the community. Exactly. exactly. It's imperative the urgency. for the urgency. But even, right, Going back to what you were saying in 2020, there's a lot of things that never got pushed through or never we've never done it like this before. But again, it was that sense of urgency. You had those people coming forth and saying, we need something to change. Mm. We need legislation. We need people in the streets. And a lot of that was led by the millennial generation. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And now you're starting to see, even when I'm working with kids, which is now the Gen Z, they are really too going back to being the the activists, right? You're seeing them organize social media Mm -hmm. the way they've never organized before. We've never organized before. I mean, their voices are loud. It may be messy sometimes, (laughs) but it's loud, right? right? And they are very demanding of what they want and what they want to see moving forward. So now you're starting to see the next generation kind of come through and be those agitators. And they say and it happens right. in every generation. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, if you ask our parents' parents how things were done there, I'm sure it was a different yeah, right. story. And they came in and they were Rolling Stones or whatever yeah, they were. The Black Panther movement. You know, yeah. the Black Panther movement. Yep. You have all these different movements, Black Lives Matter movement. Um, and movements have really shaped, you yes. know, societal issues and, and, and mm-hmm. our approach to what that looks like. But I think, you know, it's the embracing. And I think that's what we're seeing you 
say right now too, yeah. right? Like it's the embracing of folks who want to do things differently, who, right. you know, um, come into the space and say, Hey, let's innovate and do it and do it differently. And I think mm -hmm. those are the challenges, you know, uh, we talk in diversity in the diversity space. We always hear, Hey, we want to recruit these diverse people, right? Mm -hmm. And first of all, what is a diverse what is a person? Diverse person? <laughs> but anyway, we want to recruit people with a diverse background, yeah. right? Um, when we get them in here, they're going to help us create this culture. But then ultimately this group think happens where yes. you come in, you need to assimilate to how we do yeah. things. We yeah. don't do it like that right. over here. We're going to beat mm -hmm. it out of you right. and make you kind of conform to this specific way of doing things. Mm -hmm. So I think um, to see that and hear that coming from the government space is really exciting yeah. um, and refreshing mm -hmm. yeah. and we need that but i think you know just from your background saying you're a unicorn right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. nobody has ever done that mm -mm. nobody so you're the first to kind of come into the space and create that and i mm -hmm. think you're going to leave a lasting impression for the next generation yeah. to come right and yeah. and build that and so in terms of that right i want to talk a little bit about how you built this so your district two mm -hmm. and how you built that cabinet and you brought a lot of young folks to that yeah. table to help you create some of the, yeah. um, you know, the legislation that you've been doing. Like, yeah. so talk a little bit about that. Why did you do that? Why, why was that important? Um, so I believe in conducting myself like the, at the highest level of, um, effectiveness that I can each day. And so if I'm going to be, the chairperson mm -hmm. of the Erie County Legislature and uh, female, black, and 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 I have um, all of these unique things about me. I I also understand that that probably makes a lot of people who resist counterculture or someone like me uncomfortable. Hmm. And so I understood very early on that I was going to need cover. And I was going to need a base mm -hmm. of people who I could rely on to bounce ideas off and to make this, to develop this counterculture with me. Okay. Because the space that I had entered, I was the rookie. I was new. Yeah. And they are um, going to accept to a certain point the diverse girl because, yeah, we're down with diversity, but don't be trying to do too much. Right, like, right, you know, right. so I was trying to do a whole lot. And I know they weren't going to, like, do it with me. So I had to mm -hmm. find people to do it with me. Okay. And I wanted those people to be people who were, um, who shared the same mission as I did for the community. Um, it was important for me. There's a po the political structures. A lot of people, is it's transactional. Mm. So if you help an elected official, it's expected that you uh, get people jobs. And, and okay. there's a lot yeah. of that. And I just I just didn't need that. And I so I was also very careful that the people that I brought in didn't necessarily um, need me for their livelihood. Mm. They wanted they were going to be doing this with or without April asking okay. them. Okay. So that was like a thing with me too. So I was like, you know what? The president of the United States has a cabinet. And yeah, so like, yeah, and yeah. Mark Polenkar is the, the, uh, the county executive and, and Mayor Byron Brown has commissioners. Okay. I don't have that. Okay, and I was like, right. but I deserve that because I'm going to work yes. just as hard as they work. Right. And so I want a cabinet. And it, again, it was like, who does this girl think she was <laughs> And so people just always, your little cute cabinet, April, I have yeah. a cabinet meeting stuff. But that cabinet... Uh, where Akua serves, where Kendra serves, where there's a Jamil Cruz serving, has 
for the first time ever delivered a district legislator who has delivered a district address. Yeah. Never happened before. Yeah. Right. But yeah. it's happening because my cabinet members are serious and about excellency. Mm-hmm. And that same cabinet is the people who I relied on to go to me with local physicians mm-hmm. and build a coalition mm-hmm. and develop a strong local law, which is being voted on in two days this oh, Thursday. Awesome. The Office okay. of Health Equity. Okay. And that takes work. Like, Akua, that wasn't like a one-stop and shop, like, girl, let's have coffee and stuff. We met several times with multiple people over and over again. And and consistently, Ikua took time out of her workspace, out of the multiple jobs that she does to further our community to give to that. And so it was also a requirement that I knew the people who were a part of the cabinet were going to be people who are just Mm -hmm. givers Mm -hmm. because they believe in it. So, you know, the cabinet, of course, it started out with like a list of 60 people, but I had to narrow it down to people who were going to educate, who were not afraid to agitate and make people uncomfortable who were going to organize but who were going to be dedicated and committed but who looked like me yeah who also wanted a counterculture so i i knew that i wasn't going to be able to do it within the space that i was placed in mm. so i went and got a crew mm. right yeah. no i mean i developed a crew and that that cabinet is now a 40 member strong and we have done things that i mean Everything from giving Conway uh, accolades, yeah. uh, Conway the Machine his accolades, and and being like him saying, you know, for the first time that no one's ever really given me this for community service. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? No one's yeah. ever acknowledged me for, for giving back to the community. Right. That felt so good, but that was us. Right. And we did it with flavor and we did it with style. And we've, again, the District the district 2 event, all of the local laws that we have uh, submitted, all of the hmm. policy change that we're working on, um, funding agencies that are not just uh, nothing against the Buffalo Zoo, nothing against the Science Museum, but there are people who are in their 30s and 40s who are doing boots on the ground work in the community, like picking up kids mm. in the hood and giving them something to do right. and they don't do it in exchange for some big side check they do it for nothing right you know what right. i mean right. nothing at all i make it a point to make sure that those people get funded yeah mm-hmm. with, yeah. with with public dollars so yeah and like you said it's important to to build that team right um it's important to have like you said those givers people who are going to give back naturally mm-hmm. in their own way and i think the way that you form the cabinet was very strategic. Like you said, you have people in education, you have people in healthcare, mm-hmm. you have people in so many different sectors, and that is what's needed to thrive in our community as well. So my question to you is, what's what's next? Like, mm. what is next? You, you've built so much, right? You've built, you've built teams, you've built br- communities, you've built bridges, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but what is, what's next for you? Man, only God knows that. I mean, it's so simple to say, I have no idea. I'm, I'm big on just making sure that I got as many uh, a variety of coalitions together. So I've been successful with organizing the uh, physicians of color Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in the medical space. Mm -hmm. I've recently launched um, a new initiative called Be Local, Mm -hmm. which is uh, 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 a coalition of 20 um, manufacturers uh, of color in Buffalo. So uh, people that make their own products, people that make their own uh, T-shirts, own makeup lines, their own food, their own popcorn, their own jelly. Like we've organized that coalition Mm -hmm. and we've given ourselves a title in the medical community. We've given ourselves Mm -hmm. a local law, the Mm -hmm. um, contracting community. We've given ourselves the modernized MWBE Act, Mm -hmm. the immigrant and refugee community. I've organized them to develop the language 
access law. There's a caveat in the cabinet that's specifically focused on civics because there are things that I would like to see improved in the local Democratic Party and how they engage um, communities of color, specifically uh, people under the age of 50 years old. Hmm. And so a, a couple of cabinet members actually serve as Democratic committee men and zone chairs, and they're very, very involved with uh, getting people elected and helping the Democratic Party pick candidates. And mm -hmm. we talk and we meet about how we want to be more influential within the Democratic Party. Um, the the arts community. Yes, so yeah. I've organized, the uh, I've, I've built a bridge and alliances with um, urban artists artist mm -hmm. and um you guys were on my uh on, my, on my yeah <laughs> local black arts tour yes, where we just identified awesome. uh all the the public art uh that has been developed by artists of color and we got a party bus and we went around the entire east side with foods and snacks and drinks and we let those artists talk about their work and that's how we developed the percent for public hmm. art act now there's going to be a pot of money in erie county every year that goes to local artists to create public art so i know the real way to making long lasting effective change that yeah. outlives me is to make sure that as many types of groups of people that are out hmm. there are organized and they know me and they trust me and we are working on something that is going to make life better for that group right. and um i'm not going to stop until you know i have a thousand and three groups you yeah. know what i mean so you just let me know the next group. You know, I mean, I'm I'm very interested in local restauranteurs, tours of color. Yeah, you know, the yeah, food yeah. service yeah. community. Yep. I don't have anything going on with them right now, and I really feel mm. like um, I would love to do some work with Black Restaurant Week. And, I, I know, uh, I know, because I'm like, okay, and, I mean, I do. We gonna chat. We gonna chat this because I got yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've I've just done it. I've. I'm big on what's the next group of people that I don't have a relationship with. I've got, you know, construct black construction workers down, black educators down, black teachers um, down, black uh, medical mm -hmm. professionals down, um, black product makers down, black artists down, uh, immigrant and refugee communities down. So, yeah, I'm always looking for that next group. What do we need? What do y'all need? Right. And the more wow. that I operate in that way of organizing, before you know, you'll look back 10 years and there'll be all these pockets. Yeah, yeah. Right. Of people in the community who are accepting the counterculture. I love it. I yeah. love this. I Listen, I love I'm inspired too because I'm like, <laughs> okay. I'm sitting here just so look. She just gave us the blueprint, right? Yeah. Essentially for for how you did it, and right. I think you know. I told all my secret. I told the, my I told my secret plan. It's but. secret, but I think. It's the authenticity behind yes. it, yeah. right? Not nobody anybody, stop me. Don't nobody, try it. not Don't everybody try can it. just come up, you know, and do that and do it in an authentic way. Because when yeah. you when you call, we answer, no, right? Yeah. And it's it, it, it's that real, that. you because know, because you show up for the community. Exactly, that's the thing. Like you're not just a person that's behind a desk or you know, quick phone call or whatever. You you show up for the community. You've been there since day one. I mean, I remember seeing you with the college simulation, yeah. and I was like, April doing her thing. I right. was like. I mean, the innovation behind that. And I know you said earlier that this position in the legislature kind of just fell in your lap, but it didn't. It did it. Right. It's true. God, God, God has me. put he that has. In, Absolutely. in your plans. And also too building that community. You had that community That's from, from mm -hmm. the beginning. Mm -hmm. And I saw you work and how you connected with people and how you drew people into the college simulation. It was like, I want to be a part of this. Right. It was fun. Do you remember, uh, 
Jay, the organizing, Jay's always been there to help me organize, of the, the Greek organizations mm -hmm. to make the college simulation mm -hmm. thrive. Yeah. Like, we started out with, like, this, just like the state of the district started out. The first year is always, like, our tester pilot year. And the next year, you know, we add more flavor to it. So by the last time that we did the college simulation, it was a weekend getaway in Niagara Falls. Wow. And it was, like, we had kids from, all, I mean, kids came from Syracuse, yep. like, on buses to stay the whole weekend. And um, a rap artist D1 that wrote a song about uh, paying Sally Mayback, his Sally Mayback. <laughs> he was on that. my vision board for two years. Wow! And I put and he and we got him to come, and it was just. I look back and it was just all of us. It yeah. was Kent was there like doing registration and every mm -hmm. and and then you know we organized the Greek the, the 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 divine nine to come together and really inspire kids of color to get excited about college and to understand that responsibility. Yep. Um, and so that was God preparing Absolutely. me for organizing all these other Absolutely. groups that I, I have to remember, remember that because my brother and I came and talked about oh yeah there was the sports the panel, sports panel. Yeah. yeah that so. was a, we we shut down the whole convention yes. center up there it was a great it time. was it was two nights and we i was like what are we doing we got all these teenagers yeah, yeah, here yeah. spending the night for two nights we get kids in the pool but we made it happen 7-eleven gave us mad pizza and snacks <laughs> and we was just up in the falls for two days doing the college simulation encouraging kids to you know move on to higher education and that definitely was a transferable skill so for sure god was definitely Absolutely, preparing sure. me so, 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 look, you you already know, because we forgot the last time. Yes. Okay. See, we're, Akuna is I know, we be, we be here, right? we be here. So, we it. always talk about the gym of the day, right? That's right. Cool. Okay. So, right. we talk about the gym of the or day. Or the week. Or the week or you whatever. Know, or your gym. Yeah. What so gyms do you want to drop? What gyms do you want to drop for the people? Ah, oh, man. You dropped a lot already. Yes. You dropped a lot already. You know what I tell people? I always tell people, be nice to yourself. Mm. I am really learning to be kind to my friend April. Because okay. oh, like April's that. very um, loving and she tries so hard. She tries so hard to be a good mom. She tries so hard to be a good servant, a good leader. Um, over 10 other colleagues, in addition to being the chairperson, I still represent the most diverse mm. district in Erie County with the East Side and Grant Street and uh, uh, Elmwood Village. You know, those are different groups of Absolutely. people that live Absolutely. in those areas. And it's always, oh, but you didn't get this done. But you didn't go mm. to the gym. But you still gaining weight. But you still didn't do this. And you didn't spend time with the kids. You didn't get Christmas gifts yet. And it's just always like you didn't do you didn't do you didn't do and I am just like done with that like mm. I work extremely hard and I do try every single day and so I'm gonna commend myself for that and be nice to myself because if I'm not nice to me then I'm not really training or teaching other people to be kind and nice hmm. and forgiving and patient with me hmm. and so I, if there's any gem that I could drop to the community I would say you need to start being very nice to yourself hmm. be patient be kind to yourself don't say mean things to yourself don't judge yourself don't criticize yourself stop making lists of all the stuff you didn't do be nice be nice to yourself. I love it. I love, I love that it. too. Well, we want to definitely give you your flowers for sure. Absolutely. Because you, you are amazing. Listen, you have been inspirational. I mean, you for sure, you got my wheels turning about so many different things. But I just want to say thank you for absolutely coming to Black Gems Dive In for sure. We appreciate you. We see you. We see you. We see, see you. you guys. We see what you're doing. 
And, you know, we'll be here to support you I along know, the way. I know that's true, and I'm we grateful will. to God for that every yeah, single day. Always. Absolutely. Well, thank you, you for coming on. Yes. It's <laughs> another episode, episode two. Episode two. Black Gems Dive In Podcast. Yes. We'll see you all next week. Peace. Peace. <laughs>